Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal, the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome to the Cannabis Daily Show for Thursday, March 3rd, 2020. Since 2017, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry, and we look to do that here every day. After a rundown of the key stories we're following, we'll get into our BFC Live segment. We'll be joined today by Owen Allerton. He's the founder and CEO of Highland Cannabis in Kitchener, Ontario. He's going to give us a look around his store, hear his startup story, and a lot more. So stay tuned for that right after the top news. As always, we'd love to hear from you in the comments below, and feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com, as well as through all of our social channels, all linked below, including Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you're watching us on YouTube, or even if you're not, my kids want me to tell you to smash the subscribe button. A few events to kick things off. March 10th, that's a week from today, we'll be in New York for Business of Cannabis New York Sessions. We'll be talking about connecting social equity applicants and licensees with capital. That is on uh, March 10th at the Williamsburg Hotel. On March 30th, uh, we'll have a retail series. as a monthly online series. We'll be talking about preparing your cannabis retail store or dispensary for 420. And then in September 2022, we'll be in New York for two big days for our Business of Cannabis New York. There's more information on that below as well. For today's stories, we're going to first talk about Tilray and Hexo. They kicked things off this morning in a big way. We'll talk about that in a moment. But for the stories we had acknowledged before that came through this morning, what's getting in the way of U.S. cannabis legalization? Former President Bill Clinton endorses cannabis, sort of. WeedTube launches an Instagram petition, and Leafly, Leafy Tunnel could bring more institutional investment into the EU market. First, before we even get into those, Tilray and Hexo announced a strategic partnership today. Here is a quote from Tilray CEO Erwin Simon. We believe this proposed transaction would be a win-win for the Tilray brands and Hexo, as it would launch a strategic partnership between the two leading Canadian cannabis producers with complementary brand portfolios. For us, it provides a path for meaningful future equity ownership of Hexo, enables us to participate in Hexo's share, price appreciation, as it continues to execute on its growth initiatives. We also expect to realize further commercial and production efficiency, savings of up to 50 million Canadian within two years, which would be a shared equally and would allow us to continue building the leading low-cost Canadian producer. I look forward to working with Hexo's management team and board to create additional brand and shareholder value. More on this likely tomorrow, but you can also visit us on our website or Hexo or Tilray's Twitter feeds to see more information. For our first story, before we got interrupted by Tilray and Hexo this morning, Democrats' control of the House and Senate and big corporate backers like Amazon have stepped up to support cannabis legalization, yet several pieces of proposed legalization languished in 2021 and are continuing to languish in 2022, according to Politico. So what gives? Well, a few reasons. One, there's lack of compromise and an all-or-nothing attitude among legislators on all sides. Absence of a concentrated effort and consensus from industry players to advance federal legalization. Attention between big corporate interests and social justice reform. And a declining amount of lobbying dollars to push this forward. Now, with Democrats likely to, hopefully not, but likely to, lose midterm uh, in the House, certainly in 2022, federal cannabis legislation isn't likely to happen anytime soon. And for those who are keeping track and are holding your breath, the word cannabis did not come up in President Biden's State of the Union this week, even though we talked about reducing uh, addiction to opioids and uh, curing cancer. So uh, for those of note, it came up zero times. 
for our second story. Impact Forum, an invite-only healthcare conference held this week in Orlando, featured star speakers like CNN's Sanjay Gupta, but no one expected former President Bill Clinton to come out swinging in support of CBD and small amounts of THC for pain management. It was a discussion about substance use disorder, and this according to Cannabis and Tech Today. Now, he said... I try not to answer any of those hype calls, but I get more messages about CBD than any man alive. Well, we doubt that, President Clinton. Go figure. There's some evidence that you can get CBD with a low THC count that will battle, that will combat pain. Some of these products have been tested more or less to FDA standards, and some haven't been tested at all. It's not exactly a ringing endorsement, and according to Marijuana Moment, Cannabis and Tech Today unpublished the article after Clinton's PR team asked the writer to take it down. The website later republished it. For our third story, cannabis-friendly video platform WeedTube, good name, launched a petition to encourage Instagram to stop censoring cannabis content. According to a press release, accounts are often taken down in an effort to protect younger users of the app, despite meeting the community guidelines which prohibit cannabis sales or trades. Now, as of this morning, there was 364 people had signed. Now, the goal is to get to a million signatories, so good luck to WeedTube. For our final story, since venture capital company Leafy Tunnel announced its first closing of its $30 million target fund at the end of January, co-founding partner Beck Muslimov says he imagines it will pave the way for more institutional investment in the European cannabis and psychedelics market. This, according to Business Can, quote, with this milestone, we envisage the entry of more institutional capital in Europe within these sectors that will serve as a catalyst for big pharma companies to penetrate the space further. Those are the stories we're watching today in addition to the Hexo Tilray story. Join 10,000 others and catch all of these stories and your more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. Eastern with the Cannabis Daily Newsletter. Now, coming up on our B of C Live conversation, we connect with Owen Allerton where he will share both his startup story and how his uh, shop has launched and how it's going. His shop is Highland Cannabis in Kitchener, Ontario. This is Owen Allerton. Owen Allerton, we are in the store. Hey, That's Jay, awesome. How, how are you? Fantastic. Living the dream. Well, it sounds like you're living the dream. Looks like you're living the dream because you look like you are surrounded by lots of weed at Highland Cannabis. Before we get to everything behind you and next to you and all that jazz, give me a little bit about you and how you got to open a store uh, in Kitchener. Sure. Um, so it's funny. My wife and I opened the store and we're probably you know, very unconventional for the industry. Um, I was 20 years of wireless, started off in Rogers Wireless, opening uh, a chain of dealer stores with a friend of mine, uh, exited that and ended up at BlackBerry for 13 years. So very much was in that kind of corporate world where, you know, the stigma was alive and well, like you never, if any, if you did have cannabis, you didn't talk about it. And uh, I was never a really heavy user either. It was like, you know, once or twice a summer, someone might bring a joint to the cottage and you had no idea what you were smoking right. and it would sort of melt you into the, into the surrounding environments. Uh, my wife would laugh at me for going to sleep on a you know, piece of exposed Canadian shield uh, and, and feeling like I was at one with the universe. Very relatable. Um, That's very yeah. relatable. Yeah. Um, so in my wife, her background was banking. She started as a teller, worked her way up to running branches and then ran nightclubs for 10 years. Um, 
so the part of BlackBerry I was at wound down. Uh, I ended up at a cannabis tech startup for a little while, which was sort of my crash course of the industry. That's where and, we met. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then in the process, sort of realized that, you know, got to know the lay of the land and realized retail was where, you know, all the opportunities seem to be. I mean, all the money in this industry starts with retail. Um, and we were kind of, we went to a COVA seminar, actually, and they were talking about, you know, how to set up your own dispensary. And we were there recruiting dispensary owners, and it sort of started getting those gears turning. And that was December. And then sure enough, January, the Ontario government opened up licensing and uh, went open license. So that was sort of the, the kicker of like, hey, you know what, let's just do this. Um, we were fortunate enough to have saved up some resources and rental properties, which we sold uh, to just dive in and open our own store. Um, so we opened Highland Cannabis uh, on Highland Road in Kitchener. So well played. Yeah, <laughs> the place is the name. The name is the place. Um, we looked at different franchising options and things like that, but our feeling was the whole industry was so new that, uh, you know, it really wasn't worth paying anyone a pound of flesh in perpetuity um, when, you know, the, every brand is new at this point. And uh, instead, we hired consultants to help us navigate, and we did all the marketing and branding stuff ourselves and worked with a team of uh, contractors and interior designers that we had uh, used in the back doing rentals and things to build out our store. So a lot of crazy you know, trial and error. It took us about a year start to finish to actually get the store built out and obtain the license. Um, you know, that licensing process and the queue waiting for your license was very nerve wracking, but they did speed up the pace of issuing the licenses. And we finally opened in January, January 12th of 2021. So, so it's it, been over a year since you've been open. And yes. um, can you show us, is it weird to ask you to show us around? Because yeah, uh, we, we were talking a little bit before we came on, and I think you have a, a different setup than many or most. Yeah, most stores seem to follow this sort of formula of, um, you know, having some manicured displays out front with 10 cards and, you know, different things all making, looking pretty. And I found that personally sort of, um, like, what's the point? I found it intimidating. And, you know, everyone's afraid to admit that they don't get much from that, but frankly, if I'm being honest, like I walk around, look at these displays, it's like, what am I getting from this? I don't know. So one of the things we did early on was visit tons of different stores all across Ontario and some in the US. And we took what we liked uh, best of some of those stores and then built on it. And so our model is a people heavy model. Uh, we have 25 employees. Wow. All our product is out on the floor. And every, we try to maintain about a one-to-one -one ratio of customers to bud tenders. And they will walk around, they've got a set of keys and they open cabinets. And the product the customer's purchasing is the product in the cabinet. Um, so we'll start the tour. Here's sure. our fridges. We've got a lot of fridges um, and they started off with beverages, but then it sort of, all the concentrates made their way into the fridge as well. So we've got pretty much every concentrate skew that exists. Um, we've got every beverage skew that exists. Uh, just recently, we actually yanked out our live menus and now we've got to put tea cabinets in instead. Um, we've got over here, these are all the big tables on the floor. This is yeah. the ball pre-rolls. Uh, chocolates in there as well, all the 1.5 gram pre-rolls, an accessories cabinet and the one gram pre-rolls sort of crept their way out and added to that. Right, right. Um, they just keep expanding. Right, there's uh, lots more SKUs now. There's more SKUs now than when you open for sure. Absolutely. I mean, some of these categories didn't even exist. Like right. concentrate SKUs, there was maybe four or five. It was like Blendcraft Shatter and some original stash hash. And now we've got 120 concentrate SKUs. Jeez. It's wild. Yeah. Um, 
there's our gummies table. So, you know, pretty much every gummy or at least every tasty gummy on the market. Yep. Um, there's the seven gram or the quarter cabinet. Um, we've got our other flower cabinets, all the other big wall cabinets, the black ones there are full of flour. So yep. we have a vault cabinet over there. Um, here's the, the CBD table. So a lot of the tinctures, lotions, CBD dominant flour here. Yep. Um, we have a separate uh, display case all for vape carts. So the, the one grammars and we like to keep the top shelf live resin carts on the top shelf. So of course, I like it. Imagine, imagine that. <laughs> um, and then this is a really premium craft cabinet with all the, the higher end stuff, broken yeah. toast and Ogen and whatnot. Yeah. And then uh, some more vape carts and then there's the bulk cabinet. So nice. Yeah, the typical tour, I mean, we have a big store. It's about 3000 square feet. Wow. Um, and again, that vibe, this is where my wife's experience running the nightclub, Nikki, um, you know, it really comes in because in, when you come in here in the evening, we sort of let the the staff have at it with the playlist and it feels more like a party than coming into a cannabis store. So people just, you know, we get to know our community and the community's responded really well to it and people just love coming in and it's almost like they're hanging out with us, which during COVID it's, I feel like part of our value proposition has been like, Hey, come on in. Human contact. Yeah. We have people. <laughs> We're allowed to be open. And, yeah. and, and actually I want to ask you that question because obviously January, 2021 through, well, today, you know, beginning of March, 2022, it's all been COVID, right? We have some people who've come on who, who were open before and now are not, but most people who open their stores during some time between March, 2020 and now, um, like, is that, I mean, it must be exciting to say, you know what, we're about to really open with all, no restrictions. People are excited to be out again. Shoot, this week I went to the first Raptors game with no capacity limits, like, there, there's something happening that is very exciting that people are sort of out and about, but you've seen that a bit in your store, but do you expect that to continue as, you know, as the days and months roll on that, like you have a big store, people are going to want to be there and like spend time because you have lots of SKUs, great staff. Like, is that part of the game plan? Absolutely. I think um, I expect this summer to be just bonkers. Um, I mean, we are even without the capacity limits, our store capacity was 30 people. Wow. So yeah. they reduced it. Um, it was still able to fit a lot. One of the things we did, these are COVID air filters. We spent oh, nice. about 15 grand on these guys. Um, yeah. They're HEPA, UVA, UVC. We put two of them in, even though one would have done the entire space. Right. Here's Damien, one of our butt tenders just on his way. What's up, Damien? Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, again, we built during the pandemic, so we prepared for it. Yeah. We put actual glass in at the point of sale instead of the plastic temporary measures, yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I think, I mean, it's already been sort of the momentum keeps snowballing. And when we open up completely, I think the summer is going to be crazy. So yeah. I think it's going to be good for the whole industry that people are getting out and about. Because I mean, yeah. what we've already seen is like long weekends, vacation time, any sort of occasion. Um, people seem to go up and stock up on cannabis products, whether it's, you know, the people new to the industry grabbing all the gummies or if it's, you know, people buying an ounce bag because they're going camping for the weekend. The, the only long weekend that bucked that trend was Thanksgiving. And in retrospect, I'm like, right, because they're getting together with family and they got to hide it from grandma. So well, then they should be at the gummy table because that's really the way to get through Thanksgiving, as far as I can tell. I, I want to go back to your beverages because we're talking about summer, obviously. And, and like, I mean, the SKUs are developing so quickly now. And you, you talked about, I mean, your fridge is huge. I mean, that's anybody who's been to these stores know that you have a huge fridge. Like, are people exploring, like coming in and saying, you know what, I want to try four different beverages because they're all different, all different sizes, tastes you know, um, uh, you know, power, you know, potency, all that jazz. Like are people sort of coming in because they see all the products on the floor? Is that enhancing their sort of 
uptake and um, and attachment rates, like all the things that you know we talk about, sort of being a absolutely. Good I, th I think one thing with beverages, there it's very much like a sampling sort of approach. Um, you know, having the giant fridge and all these things here, we'll get customers that come in to grab whatever else they're after, and then they'll grab one or two, or you know, I haven't tried this one yet. Um, Right now, it feels like the different LPs are really like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, there's not a lot of brand loyalty at all. I mean, I think there's some customers that land on one they like, but it's more, I think, taste driven, taste and effects. So there's this sort of, hey, this is a reasonable deal. It's 10, TH, 10 milligram THC drink or whatever it is. They, they might land on one they like, but there's a ton of experimentation. Um, there's only like one or two standout hits. Uh, which are sort of, you know, stuff that tastes good and are lower-ish in sugar. Um, but again, people are just trying everything under the sun. Um, yeah. You know, like you said, every new big OCS product drop, there's probably 10 new beverages and we just make room for them and squeeze them in. Right. Instead, of, <laughs> instead of one shelf having two drinks, now it's got four. They're multiplying. Right, right. Right. I want to ask you, because um, obviously you've been in in business. It took a while to get the license. Obviously, like it had everybody and now you've been open for a year. Anything that surprised you either positively or negatively, uh, sort of looking back on that experience that maybe you would have done differently or slightly differently um, had you known what you know now? I don't know. I mean, sometimes I question our own sanity as we, we dove through that process because there was so much we didn't know at every step of the way. Um, but, you know, working with the right consultants, working with Kova, uh, they were a huge help. Um, I got to give props to James Manning from COVID. That guy was like our tour guide because he was so connected in the industry. He helped us connect with everyone. So I feel like we figured things out in a, in a really, you know, we didn't know it all at the beginning, but we figured it out as we went. And I'm pretty happy with almost every move we've made. There's um, a few things like perhaps I might've built my vault more like a refrigerator, knowing what I do now, <laughs> because it's, you know, it learned the importance of preserving the Terps and preventing off gassing. Um, we've got humidity control and temperature control in our vault, but I, I probably would have gone all out and done it like a, one of those fridges they build for restaurants. But, um, fridge, yeah. Yeah. but generally speaking, I mean, we're super happy with everything we did here. And, and it's been a learning process, like, you know, obviously launching and then figuring out the SKUs and then keeping up with the OCS as they keep introducing new products. It's been a really wild ride. But I mean, I think the key thing is, is that we just stayed really focused on making our customers happy. Um, and there's a lot of different folks in this space and some of them, uh, some of the big corporate chains seem a little cold and detached. Um, so I think the key thing for us, and I would say to anybody listening, watching, you know, find your local independent and, you know, get to know them and hopefully build a relationship and try to support those independents because, um, the thing that was interesting to me is, you know, again, the breadth of different stores all over the place, but I really love to hear the stories for the, the small guys that are just being authentic and being real and doing a great job. Um, you know, no ties, no backroom deals going on, pushing certain, you know, big corporate cannabis. We try to, we try to keep uh, that stuff out of here. One, I pride myself on not having any daily special in the store. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm, well, that's good, good on you. Um, uh, I want to get people to you. I, I, you can go to Highland on Highland.com, which I love. That's such a good domain where you like, when you got that, you come from your tech background, we're like, oh my God, this is like the best domain ever. Yeah, we were, we were basically realized that a lot of people who smoke a lot of weed have a big problem spelling cannabis accurately. But high so, in land, they don't. Yeah, yeah. Highland on Highland, they got that. And it was funny for a while when our, our search engine, you know, our SEO results, it shows the top search terms that landed on us. For, because of the typo, Highland Cannibals 
was, was trending. So if you type Highland, it would auto-complete cannibals. And it's like, so it's sort of this joke around here that we're the, we're the Highland cannibals, but- well, e Eating really. the big chains is what we'll say. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Owen, I really appreciate you taking time, giving us a tour. I can't wait to get out there. I'm gonna plan my summer or the next couple months around getting out to, to take a look. Cause I like over your left shoulder, the sort of gummy cabinet is super interesting. I, I don't think I've seen all the beverages in one place or all those things in one place aside from on a website. But to see them all lined up, it'll be interesting to sort of just look and compare and sort of see how things stand out vis-a-vis uh, -vis each other. Absolutely love it. Can't wait to have you out, Jane. Thanks for having us on. Well, congratulations uh, on on the on getting the license, on being open for a year, on doing great work and, and having a really interesting approach to all you do. So thanks for making time. Our pleasure. See you around. See you soon. That was episode 39 of the Cannabis Daily Show. Thank you for joining us on YouTube or wherever you caught the program. And please do smash the subscribe button and we will see you here tomorrow.